podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Uh, I use I think. Yes, it's time for Pardew's Hot Pants, the FYP podcast nostalgia spin-off from to volume six now. Uh, we are, well, we are cruising along and we're cruising back into football, which uh, we're very excited about, which means this is the last Pardew's Hot Pants uh, for the for the end of the season and then we're going to come back in the summer and next season and we will be back because the uh, response has been brilliant from our listeners and we're going to get onto that in a minute but before we do that let's welcome our regular guest of course uh richard foster is here richard how you doing uh i'm very good thank you jim yeah just um just looking forward to a little bit of football having watched it last night that was a curious mix wasn't it of ridiculous uh, goal line technology decision and also a classic David Luiz performance, which I, I, it was just fantastic. It was so David Luiz. It was, he David Luiz, David Luiz, I thought. Brilliant. <laughs> 25 minutes, responsible for two goals, sent off, goodbye. There was so much drama in the football last night, Jesse, uh, even though the games weren't that good. Did you enjoy it being back? I was buzzing with excitement. Yeah, I didn't, because it started at six, it threw me off. I didn't have that sort of one hour after work to uh, soak soak up, well, you know, the, look at the lineups and, you know, they sort of seven o'clock, eight o'clock kickoffs you're used to. So it's just suddenly just, it started and we, there we were. The Premier League was back. But it, both across the two games, I like the back-to-back. We've never seen that before on a evening. Um, and... It just had everything, didn't it? Between the games, you had the technological breakdown. You had lots of injuries, a sending off, a penalty. Um, yeah, a bit of everything, really. So, yes, Premier League is back. And uh, look forward to the sort of tournament-like format that we've got ahead of us. Yeah, it's going to be like a sort of Premier League World Cup over the next uh, few weeks. And of course, we'll be with you with our main podcast, which I think we're going to try and do on a Thursday now to try and get in those two games a week. Um, And of course, our patron will have uh, the two post-match pods a week. So uh, packed schedule there and you can join our patron at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. Now, guys, with these nostalgia episodes, we've been looking back at all sorts of things. Last week, I think, was our most popular because it was robberies for and against Palace and it really got some of our listeners engaged. We had loads of suggestions so I'm going to read some of them to you now. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Here is one from Will Thomas and his robbery is weirdly a moment that 
isn't in a Palace game, but it does affect Palace. He says, I'm going to take you back to December 2004. Man City hosting Brian Robson's West Brom. He was under pressure, having a poor points return since taking charge. The final score of the match was one all. With West Brom scoring, thanks to a ridiculous Richard Dunn own goal that some people might remember for Rob Earnshaw's attempt to desperately claim it for himself, sprinting after the ball when it was clearly going in. West Brom were completely outplayed in that game, yet somehow managed to draw, despite not registering a single shot in the entire match, let alone on target. Fast forward to the final day of the season, and West Brom secured their Premier League survival by, you guessed it, one point. I still to this day remember the deep sense of injustice that I felt when we were relegated thanks to that single point that West Brom managed at Man City and think it definitely qualifies as a heinous example of daylight robbery at Palace's expense. Richard, I'm, I'm guessing you probably remember this one as well. Well, uh, as a Premier League nugget, it's the only <laughs> time a team have actually scored a goal without having a shot on target, which is not surprising, really, is it? No. And also the fact that it was Richard Dunn who has the Premier League record for the most own goals. He does. Yeah, he does. He's way ahead of everyone else. He's, he's done very, very well, <laughs> Richard. Uh, and obviously he played for City and QPR and um, who else? A couple of others. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was a horrible relegation. Remember, all four teams could have gone down on that last day. Mm. And it was... West Brom, I always thought, got a bit of a lucky card because they were playing Pompey, who were desperate for Southampton to go down, had nothing on the game. So they basically said, here you go. We're going to put a pink ribbon on this. There are your three points. Enjoy that. And they were singing and they were loving it. Whereas we obviously had the, um, the old Valiants, Mm-hmm. who were quite keen on us going down, as they proved afterwards. Um, and then uh, it was Norwich, wasn't it? And um, obviously West Brom, who survived. Yeah, yeah we, we did shoot ourselves in the foot a little bit on that last we game. Did. Where we does did. that rank for you, Jesse, as a, as a robbery? I think that's taking it up a notch from, <laughs> uh, from our ramblings. So I think that puts it, it, puts it at notch one. Okay, yeah. well, how uh, about this for a notch? So we got sent quite a few from Ed Barrett, and he had a couple we included, Freddie Sears, Clive Allen. But there's a big one we missed. Uh, Jesse, I can't believe we forgot this one. No Palace fan would have complained if Leeds United's Michael Dubry had escaped without a red card and the penalty awarded against him back in February 2003. That is to say, no one would have objected if referee Dermot Gallagher had noticed the ball was already a yard over the goal line when Dubry comically shoveled the ball back into play using his hands. Amazingly, the referee managed to miss both the goal and the subsequent handball. We were denied a 2-1 lead, and dirty Leeds went on to win this live-televised FA Cup quarter-final by that score. I can't believe we forgot that one, Jesse. That's very well put as well. I really like the way he's written that up. Just so bitter. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, I, I think I do have a flashback of that. And, uh, yeah. No, no better way to uh, chuck a dirty Leeds in there as well. That was quite a bad like one. Yeah, quite like Dubry. I was thought, thought he was a little bit um, unfashionable, wasn't he, for Chelsea? Mm. But I think, I think he was all right. That was a bad. But yeah, I, that was a bad one, wasn't it, Richard? I, I was there. I was in the Arthur Wait that that day, and um, 
Yeah, that was a bad. That was a bad one. Yeah, I think I was in the main stand. Uh, if only you had goal line technology. Oh wait, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with you about Dubry. He was one of those sort of rather traditional, not playing it out from the back, putting it in row Z defenders. But you know, he did a good job, and you know, yeah. he, was, he was probably underrated as a, as a player. But yeah, I do vaguely remember that. And it, was it really a quarter final? Did we get that far? Maybe they got <laughs> I know to it was the, an FA maybe, Cup game. Maybe they got to the quarterfinal. It was February, so it wouldn't. No, it would have been the no, second round. Maybe fourth, so, it uh, didn't feel like that big a game. It just felt uh, it was a robbery, and he's quite right. It was a big robbery, but um, I don't think it was a quarterfinal. But, right, I got one. I got a couple more for you because I'm realizing we're spending time on this. Well, it's such a good subject. God, it's so. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, one quick one. Uh, Chris Lehman from One More Point. Uh, obviously, his, his book is out to buy. I definitely recommend it because the forward is written by a very funny man. Um, <laughs> says one for us is Brian Dean scoring in the last minute so that we got into the playoffs in 2004 because we'd screwed up at Coventry. We were bad at Coventry that day. So that is one for us. And here's the biggest robbery of all from Nick Tomitu. He says, worst robbery? 1991. The FA and UEFA conspiring to stop Palace qualifying for Europe at the moment we thought we had. <sighs> That's a big one. I remember the Coventry one. I was at that game. That's the one and only time I've been to Highfield Road. And see the last chance. And I, I always remember it was it's strange. It never felt so good after losing a match. Yeah. Um, because we obviously we snuck into the playoffs. Yeah, I yeah. was there as well and I couldn't get into the Palace end. So I was with a mate of mine in the Coventry section. I think they went 2-0 up, didn't they? And we got one back. Freeman through one Doogie, back. Yeah. yeah. But I remember we, you know, we obviously heard the Palace fans going mad at the end of the game. And because Dean had scored that uh, last minute winner to knock Wigan out and get us in. And we went, you know, my mate went, yes. And then suddenly we were surrounded by Coventry <laughs> people going, where are you from? Um, my mate just put his arm around <laughs> this big Coventry thug and went, mate, you'll be all right next season. And he was so surprised <laughs> that this guy would say it. He just sort of went, oh, well, okay. And by the time he'd worked out who we were, we were off. <laughs> the old diversion tactic. Cool, classic, classic. Well, but yeah, no, we, we were pretty awful that day. And, and again, you know, that season was almost a robbery in itself, the way we were it was a bit. close to bottom at Christmas and then just suddenly got going that the... season was meant to be i think in many ways yeah. well look, thank you to our listeners for getting involved and hopefully they'll get involved with this week's as well which of course is the evil opposition 11 i've got a feeling we're going to get quite a few people uh yeah. tweeting us in i've put those robbery suggestions on our website and if we get the same this week i'll do the same and that website is fypfanzine.uk um before we do that we're, of course, sponsored by The Athletics. We're going to read a quick Athletic article. They're a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. Subscription-based website and app, completely ad-free. No ads, no pop-ups, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. And if you visit theathletics.co.uk forward slash FYP, you can start a seven-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. And this article by Matt Woosnam is called Football's Back. For Palace fans, this is such an exciting time. It's quite a nice article, actually. It's sort of getting me back into the mood for a football returning. And there's two paragraphs I'm going to read out. Uh, I'm going to do them for you now. He says, There have been no spectacular periods of good form this season. With wins interspersed between draws and defeats throughout, yet there have been pos- there is the possibility of achieving the club's highest ever finish in a 38-game Premier League season. Currently, the 10th place Pardew 
guided them uh, to five years ago. And their best haul of points by some the same criteria would require eclipsing the 49 accumulated last season. And then later on, it goes on to say, the season has juddered along, occasionally springing surprises such as the late summer victory at Old Trafford and the late equaliser for a tour draw of Champion City on the other side of Manchester in January during a difficult run of one win in 12. The 1-0 victory over biggest rivals Brighton in February exemplified both Ayu's importance to Palace this season and the turnaround in his fortunes. It has, Richard, hasn't it? Been one of those weird seasons that maybe from the outset, or maybe from the outside, I should say, doesn't maybe look like a particularly spectacular one. But we could end up having our highest ever points total. <laughs> if, if, you know, the results go away, maybe creeping into Europe... Um, and actually, end up it, it, there has been some good results in there. So you know, will it will it go down as a as an enjoyable, memorable season for you? Well, I mean, we've had four consecutive one nil victories, haven't we, up to the break? So that was all right. Um, and you know, you can't uh, you can't deny that we're in a reasonably good place. So I'm sure what's going to happen is we're going to sneak into the Europa League position on the last day of the season because Brian Dean's going to score a goal somewhere. <laughs> and then uh, UEFA are going to remove the extra spot from <laughs> English clubs and we'll be denied Europe again. I think I think talk of Europe is a wee bit premature. I'm not sure we're ready for that. And I think also with a, we haven't got exactly a, a squad packed with players who could step up at the moment. I think we've probably got, you know, the bare 15, 16. And one of the other things I quite liked that Matt Wisdom brought up and actually mentioned last night uh, during the games is that hopefully we might see some of the younger players coming in because barring some sort of horrible, the biggest robbery ever, we are (laughs) safe. Um, And I'd like to see... You know, given you know Pierrick a, a chance, and uh, you know, just just give him a go, yeah. see how they get on. Because I thought, actually, when he came on in that game at Norwich, that was a pretty actually that was a robbery as well, wasn't it? Um, then we we looked all right, and I thought he looked quite comfortable. And you know, when young players come into the team, quite often they look completely at sea. But you know. When you've okay, let's get another three points and be absolutely sure that there's no chance going down. But let's blood some youngsters because, after all, you know, there's a big hoo ha about our academy, and that's great, and that's where we want to go. But if we don't get the players playing, then I don't think there's much point in having an academy, is there? For me, uh, I know it's a good idea generally, but getting category, uh, we just want to see some young players playing for the club. Yeah, I think that's that's true. And actually, Jesse, this sort of time off has given a lot of fans time to reflect on the season. And, and a lot of articles on The Athletic have been sort of doing similar. And actually, it's perfectly set up for us to give the youngsters a go, have a pop at some of these big teams we're playing that we've got coming up, and actually maybe really try and enjoy the last few weeks of the season. There isn't really that much pressure on us, barring maybe getting this one extra point to take us to 40 points. Yeah, I think we were a little hesitant at the beginning of the season about how it was going to go for us because of the sort of another quiet window. Um, we seem to start the season with a worse squad than we finished the season with and uh, saw a lot has gone on to score loads of goals in Turkey and that was another striker less than we were, we were hoping to have. So just everything was just sort of pointing in the wrong direction where you looked at it at the beginning of the season and then 
remember losing to Sheffield United, who were then, they're a bit of an unknown quantity, but you didn't expect them to go on to do what they've done. And he just looked, he just looked a bit desperate. But then I think the turnaround that I'm most happy with is the turnaround in home form. Because yeah. it's, it's been several seasons of being really tepid at home, struggling to get a win on the board very early on. But that, that hasn't been a problem this year. It really feels like going to home matches has always felt like we were in, in for a chance of getting a result. And um, even the last game against Watford, you know, that's we've, we've come to expect there to be a little bit of a ring of truth in the phrase Fortress Selhurst, which has been a bit of a yeah. hollow statement for years apart from the atmosphere. Yeah. So that's been the most pleasing thing for me. I think um, bonus, the biggest bonus has been players like Cahill, and um, Gaeta, it's all well documented how well we've all taken to him, but he's been a real shining light for us, just that real spine that we've got from those two at the back. And um, I think just we've, I was looking at the table, we've been we're so good in defence. We've only conceded 32 goals, which is one behind Man City, who's conceded 31 goals. They just managed to score about 50 more than us. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, I mean, that's been the route. It's no surprise when you think about the foundations for success in a Hodgson team is just don't concede. And yeah. uh, the number of one nils we've got, it's been a pretty effective unit. So, and players like AU have surpassed all expectations. So I think what, just to finish and to come back around to your point about young players, I think there's two, it's twofold really. And it kind of occurred to us chatting about it last night. Um, yes, once we get another win on the board, we're safe and, we can start blooding the youngsters and giving them game time. But what a perfect scenario to blood young players yeah. into Premier League experience because they haven't got to deal with the crowd. Yeah. They haven't got, yeah. they haven't, point. Yeah. They haven't got that pressure. So you'll be able, and now I'm, I'm pretty sure that's part of Hodgson's criteria for being quite careful with blooding new players is he doesn't want to put them in, hot, in pressure situations. He was forced into the Wan-Bissaka situation that, that went for us. But he's you haven't got that worry. So you can give players um, the experience, you can give them the, the stadiums, but without the pressure. So I think we, it would be great to see him follow through on that and uh, make good on that that kind of statement he made last week. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point about the not having the crowd there. And I really hope that Roy does definitely players like Pierrick and Tyrek Mitchell give them a run out because it means a lot to us as Palestinians. We like to see kids coming through the academy and doing well that's why we love Will so much um I'm just going to end with this little paragraph from Matt which has definitely got me in the mood it says with some progress have been having made on the redevelopment of Sellhurst work already underway on this the same at the academy and stability at the top this is an exciting period for Palace concluding the season well will provide greater confidence going into the next campaign boost the mood and just as importantly aid the club financially so if that doesn't get you in the mood for football returning at Sellhurst, uh, nothing will. Um, after the break then, oh wait, hang on. Uh, and you can read more from Matt at The Athletic. And if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you can start a seven day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. Right. After the break, we're compiling our evil 11. I should do like a maniacal laugh there, shouldn't I? Shut <laughs> up, baby. Let me see where you're coming from. Shut up, baby. Let me see. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. 
That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to Pardew's Hot Pants, the nostalgia spin-off from FYP. And uh, this week, it's the Evil Eleven, which is something that we came up with at the end of our last volume. Uh, right, lads. So we've all, we've all compiled our own team. So I think we're going to go through it position by position. Uh, we might have a lot of crossover here. I think we probably will. And uh, let's see if we can decide on a final 11. Shall we aim for a 4-4-2, but then be flexible, see what happens? Yeah, that sounds fair enough. Okay, let's start with goalkeeper. Uh, Richard, who have you got? I've got Casper Smeichel straight in there. Uh, because also, to point out, we had a rule, didn't we? Can, you can only have a maximum of one player from each club. Otherwise, we just list the Brighton team, which would be a bit boring. <laughs> um, so, Casper Smeichel, not Peter Smeichel. He just gets really pissed off whenever we score, but particularly when we do it at the King Power Stadium. Because we've had a couple of good results up there and we've had a 3-0 and a 4-1. And he just loses it. And he just says, how dare this team score against us? And I just think, I mean, I've got to admit, he's a great keeper. And, he, you know, but he is Peter Smeichel's son. And I just think, you know, usually Scandinavians, they're quite calm, aren't they? And considered... Kasper Smeichel just loses his rag and particularly loses his rag with us. So that's why he's in that's why he's in nets for me, Jim. Surely he's used to conceding goals against us now. It's been like a hundred in the last couple of seasons. Surely yeah, just... at least a hundred, maybe more. Uh all right. Um Jesse, who have you got? I went for Thomas Cusack, who I have a vivid memory of being a bit of a boo boy, not just because he's a Played for Brighton, but because he was he was goading us, I think especially at Brighton away for the St Patrick's Day massacre when we lost three 0 I remember him turning to the to fans and jeering at us and just giving it some. So I always remember him just being a bit of a, a bit shirty with us, and he played for Brighton. I think any player that uh, antagonises the Palace fans is obviously going to get high up the rankings here and get a good chance of getting into our team. Although you've just made me think of someone else. I went to a game at Bramall Lane in about 2008 and Paddy Kenny spent the whole game winding up the Palace fans and the Palace fans were chanting very rude things about him. Uh, and there was something about his weight, was there? Yes, the... yeah, yeah, I don't condone that, but it, it was. No. Um, but he was giving the Vs to Palace fans and then Sheffield United scored in the last minute. And he was turning around at us and going crazy and giving us hand gestures. And then Nick Cole volleyed in an equaliser in about the 95th minute. And Kenny looked absolutely crestfallen. It was one of my favourite moments in the Palace shirt. So I'm going to say him as a late entry. But I had written a former Palace player who then came back to Sellhurst, uh, Kevin Miller, who, of course, was goalkeeper us in the Premier League in the season afterwards, but then left on the worst possible terms after that QPR game when he effectively 
down tools and we let in six goals. And I remember when he came back, I think he was playing for Barnsley or someone like that. Mm. And he came back the next season and there was a campaign on the BBS to throw pies at Kevin Miller. This is a genuine campaign. And me as a 16-year-old thought this was a great idea. So I actually bought a pie to bring to sellers. <laughs> Until um, I got to the gate and the steward wouldn't let me bring it in. So I had to force <laughs> this hot pie into my mouth. It burnt my mouth. Um, and, of course, no one threw pies at Kevin Miller because that would obviously be a crime to do that. Um, but I remember Miller being massively unpopular with Palace fans uh, in the seasons after he left and he came back because of that game. Um, but now I'm With the accent that... on the massively as well, because he was a big boy. <laughs> as I say, I don't condone... <laughs> you don't condone ...that fascism. kind of banter. No. Um <laughs> I'm thinking Paddy Kenny now. We've got, we've got some good good, good options there, but I will say off the back of Jesse's, anyone, any player that antagonises the fans, for me, probably gets in the team. Yeah, so I'm happy we, to go with that. So what we're thinking then, I think maybe maybe um, Kuchet gets it purely for playing for Brighton. But then that means we can't have any more Brighton players, Jesse. It's oh. too early to go for that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't be too hasty. Because I think there's a, there's a certain Brighton player in defence that I think we all want in. Yeah. Well, should yeah. we go for Paddy Kenny then? Let's go yeah. for Paddy Kenny. There we go. Sheffield United, yeah, put him in. He's Kusak come up on the bench. Kusak Kusak on the bench. On the bench. That's good. And also, obviously, we did get our revenge, didn't we, later on that season? Yes. There we go. Late entry from Paddy Kenny. Right. Um, who have you got a right back, Jesse? Well, I think... Um, We've all got this one. It must. It's Ashley Young at right back, um, mainly because of the dive that he did. Um, who, who did he get sent off? Was it KG? KG. Yeah, KG. KG. It was KG. Yeah. Uh, KG still played for us then. Yeah. Yeah, that was awful, wasn't it? That was our first game back at Old Trafford in the Premier League, I think, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 I watched that in Amsterdam in a pub, and it was it was it just added insult to injury. Um, yeah, I think I think Ashley Young he's, he's just been a bit of a boo boy for us ever since, hasn't he? Palace fans do not forget yeah. a diver, as I think we'll come on to with other choices in this Devils eleven. But yeah, and he's just got that knack of actually playing quite well against us and scoring the odd goal. I, I remember. I mean, what have you got to add to that? Well, it's 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 like the reverse Wilf effect, isn't it? In the same way that opposition yeah. fans wind up Wilf. I think Young quite likes playing against us because he thrives on the booze. I do have Ashley Young in a different position, but I'm happy to put him in at right back because that seems to be where he plays now. And I think Richard as well. It's not just that dive, although he that was a, obviously a, a terrible moment, and he has done it since and before. But I think it almost stemmed from that Watford. Uh, playoff semi-final mm-hmm. at Sellers when he's we lost 3-0 and he scored at least one a free kick possibly more um, and he was very good that day so I think actually it's mixed with that because that broke our hearts that day trying to get back in the Premier League so I think there's you know on his rap sheet on his rap sheet there's so many examples as why Young should be in the yeah. team I think yeah, he's, I think he's that, a, yeah. he's a sorry, sorry, sorry just to add to that I think he could be a contender for captain of the Devils <laughs> And uh, I, well, I do have one thing to thank him for, uh, and that is one of my favourite Palace gifts when Wilf turns him inside out. You must have seen that gift. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, well, I think, I, you know, he's in there for me because, yeah, as you say, he dived, he's done more than that. 
he's dived quite a lot generally against us. He has scored in that Watford game was particularly painful, 3-0 at Selhurst. I think he only scored one, Spring scored one, and then King scored the other. Playoffs, I might know that. Um, (laughs) Then he did play for Watford, which again is not, you know, something that we're going to condone. And just generally he's got that sort of arsey look about him, hasn't he, Ashley Young? He just annoys you when you see He's one of these players, when you see him, even if it's the start of the game, you go, you're annoying me. You haven't even kicked off yet, <laughs> and you are annoying me. So definitely in, right back. And I, I, potential captain, mm. Jesse. I've got, I think there's another one who could well be above him, but potential. We didn't okay. talk about choosing a captain, but I, I no. think we should at the end. We should choose yeah. a captain at the end. Agreed, and I think he's got a, he's got a very good shout of being captain. Um, let's move on to centre-back. And I think our first centre-back is probably going to be very swiftly decided. I'm going to say it now. I don't like saying his name. It feels a bit dirty, but I'm going to say it. Lewis Dunk. Do we need to say any more? I mean, <laughs> talk about a rap sheet. He literally yeah. has a rap sheet. Um, and, you know, that, uh, there was that great moment when uh, we did a little sneaky robbery uh, early in the season when we drew one all with them and they were much better than us. And Will scored that quite late goal. Beautiful goal. And there was that um, footage of him in the tunnel afterwards, wasn't there? Just near the dressing rooms. And I think he said something quite rude about our fortune. On Palace TV. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And... That just sums him up, really. He's just an odious, odious man with odious football. And he scored quite a few own goals as well. Not quite up <laughs> onto Richard Dunn level, but every time he does, we all go, yes, he's <laughs> done it in a game. Good old dunkers. Uh, and as I say, I don't need to see any more. Yeah, with him, Jesse, it does actually seem to be personal. He genuinely seems to really hate Palace and we really hate him back. So it's pretty, it's pretty mutual. Yeah, he is an absolute nemesis. He is... <laughs> He hates us, and he's, he has got the the biggest roll call of Palace hating. Uh, like when he, he there's even a video of him drunk, isn't there? Dribbling, yeah, uh, being asked to say something about Zaha that's on the rounds. He seems to have played in all the games uh, of recent memory that have been of any significance with Brighton. So he's, you know, he's like Wilf, just been there for years throughout the whole era, and. I hope he stays there for for a little while. It'll be a shame, be a shame when he leaves. It won't be the same, will it? No, no. it won't. And um, is he a potential captain as well, Jesse? Oh, yeah. I think that's what Richard was alluding to. Yeah, it was. <laughs> mm. I wonder if... We'll come back to captain later, but I wonder if the, pers- the, the personal hatred of Palace maybe actually elevates him to captain. Um, Richard, who have you got as your other centre-back? Well, this is a slightly unusual one, and I don't expect anybody to agree with that. But it's that guy Hogg at Huddersfield. I don't know even if he played at centre-back, but mm. he was another one of those. And Huddersfield did annoy me, because obviously they beat us 3-0 in their first ever Premier League game at Selhurst when we were absolutely atrocious. Um, and I don't think they scored another three goals in their... Uh, well, they might have done it once, but they hardly scored any other goals in their two seasons in the Premier League. And they were, you know, they used to get at will for gain, didn't they, the fans? And he was one of those who was just a very limited player who could just clog his way around. He, he's a perfect championship player for me. Hog the clog. Patronising. But he's just one of those, you know, he can't really do anything apart from just be a bit of a bloody pain in the arse. So that's why he's in there. He's also called Hog 
which is a sort of name that a devil's 11 person should have. But I understand <laughs> he's probably a minor irritation for people. Jonathan Hogg is his name, or Hogg the, Hogg the Clog, as we're going to call him now. Uh, still at Huddersfield, um, in case anyone was interested. Uh, Sorry, Jeff- that's Jonathan Hogg on the phone. <laughs> he's quite annoyed with me and my wife's now having to deal with him. Sorry about he's that, you, He's heard you slagging him off. Um, <laughs> I went to university with a guy called Richard Hogg. And I didn't know that it was anyone else could have that name. Um, and actually, he was a centre back, and he was a bit of a clogger as well. Oh, good. Uh, okay. But he was a very nice guy. Um, Jesse, who's your <laughs> who's your option at centre back? I think there is a, a, a good factor there that he's got a horrible name, and I think we should also add that Dunk is a terrible name. That's a great <laughs> great factor in the in the hating of a player. Agreed. Yeah. So we'll, we'll give you half a point for Dog there. <laughs> And I'm going to add, I think one one of you two might have, have Dawson as well, Craig Dawson as a centre-back. Um, not only did he have the temerity to commit high treason on going in on duels, uh, which is unforgivable on any level, he was also just got away with it, didn't he? Got away yeah. with that d- dirty elbow. Yeah. And another half a bonus point for now playing for Watford. <laughs> so... Yeah, actually, I've I've copped up because Hogg was actually my defensive midfield player. But I, Dawson, actually, I endorse completely <laughs> the sly elbow on Julian. How could anyone elbow Jules? I know. I mean, the nicest man on the earth. You I can't know. do that. As you say, there, he's a nasty piece of work. He's gone to Watford. Uh, case, uh, I mean, I think it's over, isn't it? Well, I I also have Dawson in my team. I think he's been a Palace villain ever since that moment. So I think he goes in alongside uh, Dunk. Do we classify him as a Watford player or as a West Brom player? Because that's when he committed his indiscretion. Because I feel like there's other Watford players we probably want to include in this. So should we bend the rules a bit and classify him as a West Brom player? Yeah. Yeah, let's bend the rules. Anything to get Dawson in is very important, that factor. Yeah. All right. It's our podcast as well. So, um, right. Left back. This could be an interesting one. Jesse, who have you got a left back? I don't know if I had a left back. I've got, I've got my pair of full backs was Young and Ward Prowse. The make, makeshift Ward Prowse, because I think that's where he ended up playing um, at Selhurst, didn't he, when they when they beat us this season? This season, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ward Prowse is, again, another roll call of uh, kind of offences that he's made, all, all targeted at Wilf. Um and I think he's just a number. He's our number one boo boy at the moment. I think. I think he's sort of. If you did a survey, he would be top, right near the top of the list. Who do we currently not want to sign simply because of the the, the standing we hold to him? Um, but I do. On the bright side, when we played them away, I went to that around Christmas time. It was great to see McCarthy just really yeah. sort of keep keep him in line. So um, hopefully, he can continue to do that so that he doesn't wind up Wilf in the future. But yeah, I think you, you guys have clearly got something to add about Will Prowse. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bleep it, but I'm going to say it. He's the epitome of a shithouse. <laughs> he, he knows exactly what he's doing. And I, I, I do slightly disagree with you, Jesse, actually. I actually probably wouldn't mind signing him, because I think yeah, our team needs a couple mean. more players like that. And, and James McCarthy is exactly like that as well, and I love him for it. So I actually wouldn't mind a bit more biting on it. And I actually think Ward Prowse is annoyingly a good player. He's very good on free kicks. Um, I do have him in my team for all those reasons, and I'm sure reasons that Richard will add to in a minute. He's incredibly annoying. Um, 
I had him at right mid. No, I had him at right back, actually. My left back just... I mean, I'm happy to put Ward Prowse in at left back. My left back, just for reference, is Shalotto from Brighton, who Great I think show. possibly plays right back, but we can put him as a sort of makeshift fullback, um, who I'd never heard of, never thought about, never cared about, until he did that crying thing on the touchline to Wilf in the last game back in February, instantly elevating him to Palace villain for me, which of course was made sweeter by the fact that he then didn't come on, I don't think, got booked, uh, and Palace won 1-0. Um, but he was my makeshift left back. But, but Richard, I'm sure you've got Ward Prowse as well, and I'm sure you've got some memories of him being an absolute pain, but where do you want to put him in our team? Yeah, I'll, I'll put Ward Prowse there as he's a sort of utility player, so we can chuck him in a bit. He must be in there because that, what he did with Wilf that that night at um, St Mary's just it is just so irritating, and the way he smiled after he got sent off and just went, "I've just done you," and say, "Oh, we want you really clever." I just can't stand him. He is a good player. I, I've got that, and actually, before it's only really developed in the last couple of years since that he got Wilf sent off. I think he he just now suddenly thought, "Oh, I've got his number," and it's interesting how quite a few of our Devils Eleven have been anti-Wilf, haven't they? And and mm. obviously Wilf's been with us for this 10-year period and well, a little blip in between. But um he's he's you know he's just he's just got that really scowly, horrible it's just like a, a kid at school, you just thought, I'm gonna take you around the back and give you a bit of a slap because you're <laughs> just irritating. <laughs> that's that's Ward Prowse for me. Yeah. Uh, uh... He's like the posh kid at school that always gets away with stuff because his dad yeah. like donated money to the school or something. But yeah, exactly. And um, a double barrel name thrown in for good. <laughs> um, shall we? Oh, right, we'll put him in the left back. Should we put Schlotto on the bench? Yeah, I think on the bench is exactly where he should be because he <laughs> exactly. did whatever he did to Wilf. Well, and he's, yeah, he's he's like a Schlotto is like a sort of um, up and coming. Devil's Eleven. I feel like he's made his debut. But there's, there's, there's more to come. From there's him. potential for him. Yeah. Okay, we've got our back five sorted. I can't even bear to read it out because I hate them so much. Um, let's move on to midfield. Uh, we'll aim for four four two, but we'll see what happens. We might end up with more strikers. Um, let me give you one of my central midfielders or one of my midfielders, and we'll see what you think. See if it overlaps. I'm going to go for the one Watford player in my team, and I do have a Watford player on the bench who's a striker. But my Watford player for central midfield is Etienne Capu, who I absolutely detest. And again, like Richard says, a man who's made it his mission to not just get in Wilf's face like Ward Prowse does, but to genuinely try and injure him out of the game. I mean, that tackle at um, Vicarage Road a couple of seasons ago on Wilf's Achilles was absolutely horrendous. Straight red card. I mean, it was basically GBH. And he seems to make it his mission every week or every time we play them, to do that. He's got absolutely no class about him whatsoever. He's a horrible individual. I hate him with all of my uh, all of my guts, with every fibre of my being. And he's a guaranteed central midfielder for me. Richard, is he in your team? He certainly is. Um, and as you say, that was a bit in the sort of third minute, wasn't it? And whenever, you know, it's one of those tackles when you see it in the, on replay, it gets worse and worse because you know it is premeditated. He doesn't get anywhere near. He just rakes the back of it, which is a really nasty, snide yeah. thing to do. It's not like a full-blooded tackle. It's like a coward's tackle. And he's a coward. Yeah. And he's a cheat. 
and he's from Watford, so he's in there. He's well, he's almost potentially a, a captain as well. You know, Kapoor. Look at him. Yeah, no, he's in with me definitely. Jesse. Well, he's just from the same school as Craig Dawson, one unpunished um, crime against one of our heroes, and that's that's the end of it. It's he's forever tarnished. Uh, he doesn't have to. He could he could be. You could donate money to the foundation. We still won't forget. Them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, right. Who else have we got? Let's try centre midfield. Uh, well, well, Richard, we knew that you had Hog. Hog yeah, Clog I just slipped Hog in, but my other one, just as, as we're on it, I'd have Shelby in there. <gasps> oh, John Doe Shelby. Just he again. He just looks like someone you'd want to slap. He just got that ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Nosferatu, which isn't a great help, and. I remember the game when we lost to a late goal at Newcastle, which is not unusual because we usually lose uh, to a late goal. And Shelby went into Kabai's face and just went, Nyeh, like a sort of eight-year-old. <laughs> He's just going, oh, really? You're a professional footballer. He's a professional. Yes, he did play for you, but you don't do that. Respect. And I don't respect John Joe Shelby. I don't know how he played for Liverpool because he's not that great a player. And... Yeah, well, for me, he's he's shining example with his shiny bloody head. <laughs> Shel- yeah, I hadn't thought about John Joe Shelby. That's an interesting one. Quite always seems to play quite well against us, and is actually quite inherently quite an annoying player. But d- d- does he is he up to the levels of Palace villain for you, Jesse? Oh yeah, he's a bit thick, isn't he? He's, he's, <laughs> he's sort of believes he's an England player. He's a bit he's a bit deluded. Um, Let's not forget he also has Charlton on his CV. Good point. <laughs> True. Good point. Yeah. I mean, that's it's open and open shut case, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and he's just, yeah, sort of enjoy seeing him get annoyed, actually. It's like you watch, you watch Newcastle play to watch, to see, to see how long it's going to take for him to see Red Mist. <laughs> um, and I remember one, one, one aside, one slightly enjoyable. Uh, game I caught last this season where the way fans were singing Harry Potter he's coming for you so, <laughs> um, do you have any more suggestions for central midfielders Jesse I had Shelby too but I also had I've got I've got a bit of a mean mean looking central midfield I've got um, Noble Mark Noble as well mm. similar sort of situation as Shelby really and he sort of ends up scoring sort of dodgy pens against us. They're not very good ones either, sort of bobbling. <laughs> He's just very unlikable, isn't he? Yeah, Noble. I've always had a dislike of, of Mark Noble as well, but I can never quite put my finger on why. I do just sort of annoys me. I think maybe he's not actually that good, and yet he's still sort of a Premier League footballer. Um, well, you, sort of associ- you sort of associate him. We're going to come on to that Watford striker. He's a bit like, he's a bit like him. He's like Mr. West Ham. Mm. Uh, can do no wrong held in high regard by teams that we don't necessarily get along with yeah I think he's going to be one of these players as well that's probably hated by a lot of uh, fans of other clubs maybe not just Palace um, let me chuck in two more central midfielders for you for the next maybe we can go in three in the middle you know we can see how this works out I've got Lee Bowyer who obviously has the Charlton connection and my memory I mean, aside from the fact that he is clearly a nasty piece of work, mm. um, my memory from the mid-90s was that he and Palace 
or Palace fans had a particularly nasty relationship. I mean, he used to get dogs abuse uh, from us at Sellhurst. And I think he used to give it back as well. I think there's a few examples of him sort of giving gestures to the Homesdale. Um, an inherently unlikable footballer who genuinely seems to have sort of built a career out of scrapping. Oh, I mean, with his own teammates as well at times. Just horrible person. And you add in the Charlton factor, he's in my team for that. And then I've got another player who, again, very unlikable, but one moment put him in my team. And that is Roy Keane for stamping on Gareth Southgate in the FA Cup semi-final replay, I think, in 95. Or was it the first one? I think it was a replay. It was a replay. Um, I mean, another player who's built a career out of being inherently unlikable. And actually, a post-playing career of doing the same, actually. Um, but that st- stepping on Sir Gareth, how could you? One of the nicest men in football. <laughs> um, so he was in there for me. Uh, so though, what do you guys think about those? Could we, could we find space for one of those guys in our midfield, Richard? Maybe go three in the middle. Yeah, Lee Bowie has got a very good case, hasn't he? And also, he's got a bit of a rap sheet as well, having been convicted of a <laughs> grievous bodily harm, I think it was, wasn't it? And, and oh, it's clearly yes. just an unpleasant man. Yeah. And he's now back at Charlton as their manager and he's taken them down to League One. So that's <laughs> great news. Um, yeah, I mean, he that incident he had with uh, Dyer when he was playing for Newcastle, you know, and he. I can understand why Dyer would want to fight him, even though he's on his team. And here's your <laughs> Premier League nugget for the day, Jim. One of only three times that three players have been sent off from the same team, because not only were those two sent off, but Watson was, was it Watson? No, Stephen <laughs> Taylor. Taylor, when he did that ridiculous handball. Platoon-style dive. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there have been two other occasions when three players have been sent off. And I'd be wow. interested to know if you could come back to me before the end of this show with the other two. Where three players from the same team have been sent off. Mm-hmm. Happened three times. In the Premier League? In the Premier League. Because I know Sheffield Warnock instructed half his team to get sent yeah, off but that was in the, the championship, championship game, didn't they? Yeah, it was West Brom. Yeah. Anyway, but, you can think about okay, it whilst I'll, we go we'll through the Devils. I'm sure people will be listening to this screaming at their phones now. Uh, yeah, with but more Roy Keane, I mean, yes, but I, I don't think he's particular. That, I mean, that Southgate thing, he did it to lots of people. I mean, that... Still, if you ever look at that Harlem tackle... Oh, it's horrible. It's the most disgraceful mm. thing. And he, it was almost like his reputation grew out of that. I, mean, I don't know, it's nothing to do with Palace, but I just think Roy Keane's just nasty, but he's not a particularly anti-Palace person. So, for me, Bowie would go in ahead of him. The Harlem thing is ridiculous as well, because it, it stemmed from um, him getting injured, trying to yeah. foul Harland the season before or early in the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's all his fault anyway. Um, anyway, uh, Jesse, how do you feel about going three in the middle and chucking Lee Bowyer in there? I just realised I actually did set this up a bit 4-3-3-ish because I did forget to mention, because I put him at number four, uh, Harry Arter. Oh, Harry Arter. Mm. For an, so you've got a, already got a bit of an evil-looking three in the middle. I've got Arter, Shelby and Noble. Imagine, if that, imagine that. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, yeah, it's awful, isn't it? It's a horror show. <laughs> but obviously, another another one from the same school as as Dawson and Capu, um, for an unpunished scything foul on uh, Wilf. Well, we've got we're gonna we had didn't say hello, but we're gonna pick a few other things like manager, ground, ref, and mascot. I think our manager there's a Bournemouth shout there, so maybe should we save yeah. the Bournemouth shout for the manager? Yeah, mm. I'd uh, still I'd go with Bowyer, like you and Richard are on the same page there. I think. Okay, Lee Bowyer is in. Guy, even just writing his name down on my notepad, I feel, <laughs> oh, I hate him. <laughs> Shut up, 
coming from. Stand up, baby. Let me see. Hey! Good God. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. So three up front then. I don't know if you guys have got two or three in your team. If you've got two, that's fine. Let's Richard, read us out your um your strikers. Okay, so out wide I've got Snodgrass. Oh yes. Again. Again, a name of a devil. Snodgrass. What that's what's that all about? Uh, that dive he did for Hull, ridiculous. And the fact that the referee actually bought it is even more ridiculous. And he's just generally he's not a very nice bloke. He's <laughs> He dives quite a lot. I don't think he's got enough rap for his diving. I love how um, um, I love how as football fans we uh, we assume characteristics of players by what they are like on the on the pitch. Some I think are probably true, but I know Selzy always moans about this. He says he hears people say, "I hate this guy, I hate this guy." He said, "You don't know him. You don't know this guy. How can you tell that?" But I think with this evil eleven, I think we are fair to assume that these guys are also complete bastards. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's it's hundred uh, percent. So he's he would be out wide for me. Uh, I'd I'd have Ashley Barnes up there. Obviously, Brighton connection. You know that famous uh, chance he had that got flicked onto the bar by Jules in the semi final, which makes it even sweeter. He's just got another face like he's licked a nettle. It just annoys <laughs> me as soon as I see him. And he's part of that Burnley team, who, let's face it, are pretty prosaic, pretty dull, pretty physical. <laughs> and ugh, don't like him. And finally, uh, this one is a bit sort of left of centre. I've got Cantwell. Mm, I don't know really? quite why, but he just really irritates me. He's a good player. He's got that silly Alice band. I mean, come on. And again, he's another one you'd see at school and you think that boy deserves a slap. So Cantwell <laughs> I'm getting, goes I'm in getting there. a real insight into what school was like for you, Richard. Yeah, sorry. I did get expelled a couple of times, but you know, that was the way it was. For slapping posh boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I understand that Cantwell is probably a bit niche, but for me, he'd be in there. Yeah, I don't mind Cantwell. But I can see where you're coming from. I think uh, Snodgrass is an absolute guaranteed in there. Um, Jesse, who else have you got? Snodgrass inspired. It's just like young Palace fans do not forget a diver. So I've got another one to add in our, in our uh, team up front, which is Shane Long, mm. who um, I took a Greek fella for work to the Palace Southampton game. And uh, after about 10 minutes, he was like, why is everyone booing number 16? So that's, that's uh, Ward Prowse. He's just he's just filthy. He just fouls Zaha all the time. About five minutes later, why is everyone booing this number nine? <laughs> so he uh, he got Paddy McCarthy sent off about ten years ago. <laughs> we did not never forget. forget. Do, you, do you remember that when he played for Reading? Yeah, got pa- dives. Got Paddy sent off at the Homestead end. Yeah, mm. I was sat in the stand. I had a great view of it. I was incensed. Yeah, so I've never f- f- forgiven him since. Um. And yeah, just another another diver who makes it, you know, 
no apologies. Yeah, Shane, then, before you go on, I'm going to write his name down on our number nine. Shane Long is a definite Palace villain. We never yeah. forget. And I think there's probably been more examples of him going down soft as well, but that Reading one in particular. But that is the that is the epitome of an evil 11 player <laughs> for me. That, something he's done yeah. 15 years ago that we don't forget. So I'm writing down Shane Long for number nine. <laughs> Scored about three goals in his whole career and about two of them <laughs> against Palace. Um, he's... Um, Accompanied up front by Deeney, I think needs no uh, justification at all. I think he just held up. He's the five live lovies love him. They always bring him on for his principled views. But then we're in the same breath talk about his systematic fouling of Zaha. <laughs> got got away with that scot free. So and and he's he scored an amazing own goal once. So has to remember oh, that. Oh yeah, hmm. yeah, that's brilliant. So, Deanie, I'm sure you guys can add to that. And then my last one up front was a bit of a mix. I wasn't debating to go for Vardy simply because of his injured eagle celebration this year. Uh, or Mark Hughes, just because of that goal. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which was, I never looked at. I could never look at Mark Hughes the same way. <laughs> you know, he was a great striker and he's a really good player for Wales and United. I just can't look past that goal. So, not caught between Hughes and Vardy. One of them's got to go on the bench. How about you guys? How about well, you, Jim? So I had Vardy on the bench for me as well, purely because of that uh, injured eagle celebration. I actually find it quite funny, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Um, it was... The fans had been sort of slagging off his wife because of the whole um, Colleen Rooney thing. So I think it was fair game for him to have a go back, and um, I thought it was quite funny. Um, Deeney is... He's not in my team. He's on my bench, but he's definitely a candidate. The only problem is we've already got Kapu in there, so I don't know if we're going to have to bend mm. the rules a little bit for that. I do have a couple of other strikers that I'll run by you, and then we'll see how we feel. But I think Deeney's got a strong shout of, of being in. Although, like Ward Prowse, another player that I actually wouldn't mind playing for Palace. But but again, we're talking about evil characters, and he, he does stack up to that. Um, oh, just in midfield, I had John Bostock on my bench as well, and I don't know if that's maybe unfair because it's now been so long I think, and he's always sort of apologised and regretted the way he left. But when he left Palace, he was definitely a villain uh, for Palace fans. Mm, I, I would say that he was, I think he was influ- heavily influenced by his Maybe. dad, wasn't Maybe. he? And also there was an agent involved and he was a young lad. And yeah. I, I don't think it should stick with him. Uh, I've, I've suddenly had another thought. Yeah. What uh, Jesse was saying about Mark Hughes. What about Jesse fucking Lingard? Excuse my language. <laughs> Jesse Lingard scored the yeah. winner yeah. in yeah. the cup yeah. final. Ex Brighton. Yeah. Horrible oh, piece of work. Any Horrible player that obviously work. I think scores a goal like that is going to be a villain for Palace. Yeah. But that for me, Hughes and Lingard aren't quite on the level of your Lewis Dunks or your Dawsons or your no, Snodgrasses. I see. I see you. But they'll be on the bench for me. My my two strikers that I had playing were Alan Lee, who of course was a palace was a Hillsborough hero that we talked about on this very podcast, who then ruined all that by elbowing Jedinak, breaking Jedinak's cheekbone, I think, mm, when he played yeah. for Huddersfield, and then not apologizing. So I think mm. that ruined his reputation uh with Palace fans and definitely made him a villain. And I don't know if Palace fans still have forgiven him for that. And it was ten no, eight years ago. My other player is a definite Palace villain although I'm hesitant to mention his name because it then obviously brings up all the unpleasantness and and everything that happened afterwards. 
uh, and of course, poor Paul Nixon, who passed away. But that is Eric Cantona. You can't you can't do an evil eleven without mentioning Eric Cantona, who of course is a massive, massive Palace villain. Um, so my two were Cantona and Lee up front. I'm happy to put Deeney in there if you're happy to suspend the rules. But Jesse, what do you feel about Lee and Cantona? I mean, Cantona's got to be, isn't it, really? Cantona's got to be in there. Uh, and Deeney. And Long. <laughs> I mean, you don't it's quite, quite centre-forward heavy, that. Yeah. You don't get more <laughs> villainous than kicking a fan in the, in the chest. I mean, it's just, and everything that's happened since is all because of him. I think we might need three up front because the strikers are the ones that end up scoring and giving it to your fans. So they're ones that are diving. They're the ones you end up hating. So you think maybe two up front's not enough. Um, I mean, Ivan was toying Chicharito for giving it to our fans when he <laughs> remember that. No, simply because he gave it to our fans last year, last year when he scored. I don't yeah, remember I mean, that. Yeah, no, I don't remember yeah. that. But um, well, I've already got. With our three strikers, I've already written down Snodgrass and Long. So I, I have one space left. Um, I mean, you think, Richard, you know, Cantona has... Obviously, the FA Cup final in 1990 didn't help, but Cantona has created a rivalry there, really, or certainly exacerbated one that already existed. I mean, the man is absolute scum in my can, eyes. Can you, find, can you find room for Snodgrass in midfield? But, uh, I'd have to get rid of one of Boya Kapu. Or Shelby. Oh, tough choice. <laughs> this is horrible, isn't it? Uh, with Cantona, yeah, I mean, I, 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 it was obviously, it did spark that awful uh, incident at the um, FA Cup semi-final. And I know he's a hate figure for everybody, and whenever he's mentioned, Palestine's just good. But he was being abused by a racist idiot. I know he's a Palace fan, but he was a racist idiot. Uh, he should never have done it, and he's rightly banned for six months, whatever. It was. But uh, the thing about Cantona is he was quite a good player, wasn't he? And he was, you know, this the quote about the seagulls and the trawlers is one of my favourite football quotes because it's just nonsense. It's utter nonsense, but there's a grain of truth. And, and I just, that hatred that built up and the, the awful thing that happened to Paul Nixon, it did stem from that incident, but I just don't think Cantona actually fueled the fire. I just think he had that moment of madness, and then it was on. But it all grew out of that. So for me, I wouldn't put him in my 11, I'm afraid. Okay, fair enough. Well, Jesse, you have the deciding vote then. So who is, who's, who is, who's it between? Cantona and Dini. And I'm going to say I'm happy to suspend the rules on the one player per team to put Dini in. Cause he is... let's, go, let's go Dini, let's go Dini. Yeah. Okay. So Dini in, Cantona on the bench. I'm looking forward to yeah. when he transfers to us in the summer. <laughs> well, the Cantona on the bench <laughs> is a bit. Cantona on the bench is a bit worrying because he's closer to the fans, unfortunately. But um... <laughs> okay. So our our final eleven then. In fact, actually, no. Let's do let's do the other category. Are you guys okay for time? By the way, do you guys need to get get off? If we've got no, five, we're good. five minutes, I'm left? good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good for five minutes. Yeah. Cool. So let's see if we can also pick a ground a manager. A ref and a mascot. I th- Let's go manager first. I think Jesse manager is probably going to be unanimous, but let me chuck in my three options. So obviously Eddie Howe. Just in that category of Sean Wright Phillips, of just uh, like an annoying prefect at school who just can never do, do no wrong. Um, knows what he's doing. You know, he, he, 
I remember when I was working for the Independent and he was after the home game against Bournemouth and he he basically alluded to Wilf being a diver. After the away game, Wilf scored. I brought up the comments and he denied making them. I was like, you, you come on, you idiot. Um, so him, Alan Mullery. You know, you can't really mention Palace managers, uh, <laughs> evil manager for that. I mean, Mullery create, helped with Venable create a whole rivalry that no one understands. And Nigel Pearson for throttling James MacArthur on the touchline. Although it's funny, since that, I've heard so many footballer interviews recently praising Pearson. Now, actually, sounds like he's a very, very good coach, but a moment of mad. And a, w- a weird guy, that whole you're an ostrich thing. Very odd, odd man. Um, but Jesse, is it, is it Hal for you or any of those other guys? It's Hal. It's got to be Hal. He's uh, another one who's just uh, made snipe remarks about Zaha, but and not owned it. And then I'm going to honourable mentions to Steve Bruce and Dougie Friedman. controversial (laughs) purely in a manager capacity uh just for for abandoning abandoning us uh with bad with bad timing uh might want to throw a bit of warnock in there and then i've got nigel pearson on the on the list as well but it's got to be eddie howe just because he's just an absolute chancer isn't he (laughs) who's being found he's being found out and I, i hope to uh Hope to see him being found out again on Saturday evening. Oh, very nice. Uh, Richard? Yeah, I had Howe in there. Muller is a very good shout, though, isn't he? Because uh, were you at the Tottenham game in the FA Cup oh, a couple no, of seasons ago? I missed that. When he, was a, he came on at half-time, <laughs> he just to do some sort of, I don't know, charity thing. He just got dogs abuse from the whole Palace end. And the top fans go, oh, stop being nasty to Mullery. <laughs> oh, shut it. Uh, no, Howe for me, smug. For, you know, he's had a lot of money. You know, all this old oh, plucky little Bournemouth, mm. twelve thousand crowd. Yeah, great. And they got, they're a bit like an Abramovich, that guy Denham who runs Bournemouth, got pots of money from very illicit areas. Uh, <laughs> also, Chris Grierson once told me that when when they beat us a couple of seasons ago at Selhurst, he was the most ungracious manager that Chris Grierson's ever come across. And I'm sure Chris has come across quite a few of them. And he was just really, you know, just his attitude and the whole coaching staff were, oh, yeah, I'm lucky we're better than you. And it's like, again, respect, don't do that. You don't do that amongst fellow professionals. So he's in it for me. We're gunning for him on Saturday. We're going to make you cry. Love it. Okay. Uh, Eddie Howe is our manager. Richard, what have you done for ground? Well, it's, it's again, it's pretty obvious, but I've gone for the Amex because it is Brighton because of the kettling nonsense and the knuckle yeah. dusters and all that sort of crap. And, you know, I love the fact that we were the first team to beat them there. And then we also did, you know, that was the FFS Murray game. Yeah. And then we did them again in the playoff semifinals in 2013. And it's just, you know... It's this shiny new stadium in the middle of bloody nowhere, which you can't get to unless you're a you know an orienteer of some expertise, and and it's Brighton. I mean, I, I don't really need to say much more. <laughs> My, mine was Ashton Gate because through the late two thousands, we I've never seen Palace win there. It was always last minute. The fans are horrible, nasty ground. But I have to say, the the knuckle dusters and knives thing for me has elevated the Amex up there. Plus, it's Brighton. Um, yeah, I think I think I'll probably vote for that. What, what, what would yours go to, Jesse? Well, as as somebody who was in the middle of all that uh, fiasco, trying to get into the stadium that time, could, no, could never look past the Amex. My 
just for just to throw another one in the ring though, I've got Vicarage Road. Honourable mention. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, it always starts well, doesn't it? It was still oh, a really easy place to get to. You get a nice train. Then you've got a depressing walk from the station. <laughs> it's all just a little bit, you know, industrial and dilapidated. And then you can't find, there's no pubs. You can't find a pub anywhere near it. And then cherry on the cake was when they tried to destroy our atmosphere-making capability in the FA Cup quarterfinal mm. last year where they put that divider in, down the middle of the stand. So yeah. our fans can stand behind the goal. So let's not forget that either. I mean, I don't mind. It's a 20-minute drive for me, so I don't mind Vicarage Road. <laughs> um, let's go Amex. Should we go Amex for the ground? Yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. Right, Jesse, we've got two left. Mascot and ref. I think we know ref's going to be, but let, let's get mascot out of the way as well. Well, I think we're all unified on, as we go towards the end of this. I think Harry the Hornet is got to be. Uh, on, on his own, isn't he? In a whole other league for his whole list of misdemeanours. Um, yeah, what have you got to add to that? Well, I think Harry the Hornet, for numerous reasons, uh, Richard, um, of the whole Wilf thing, the fact that he is actually just a complete pillock. The whole thing about Palace this season, Palace have um, unearthed me and unmasked me. Mate, it's written on your Twitter profile that you are Harry the Hornet. And also, I think I can tell this story, it's been long enough, but my friends Lee and Kate used to be Pete and Alice the Eagle. I think I've told us on the podcast before. And at the playoff final, 2013, they uh, were uh, dressed up as mascots at Wembley and they went into the mascots changing room, wherever that was in the ground. And uh, Harry the Hornet was in there with headphones on and his girlfriend was there, and they were like, oh, hi, hello, mate, whatever his name is, Steve, whatever. Hi, Steve. And his girlfriend went, uh, he can't talk to you. He's getting in the zone. And his headphones <laughs> on. Get You're a fucking mascot, mate. I don't think you need to get in there. And for that, as soon as I heard that story from Lee, I was like, oh, this guy's an absolute That's amazing. prat. Um, it's incredible. So, yeah. Anything to add to that, Richard? Uh, being in a mascot zone is quite an interesting idea. I think um, my next book is going to be called In a Mascot Zone. <laughs> But Harry the Hornet, yeah, I mean, it's just, he's, he, and he, he was whinging on, as you say, about being unmasked. You're a, you're a mascot. You're not a <laughs> MI5 spy. <laughs> just get on with it and stop being pathetic. And you're a grown man, not a kid. Definitely in there. Massive, massive. <laughs> Good. Uh, ref, then. Uh, I think we all know this one as well, Richard. Yeah, it is the Clattenburg for me for that ridiculous performance in the 2060 final, 16 final, the chummying up to Ferguson beforehand, the lack of uh, playing on advantage, both for Wickham's goal and a little bit later. He did send Smalling off eventually. He's, again, he's got that smugness I really can't stand. Mm. And He's got another name that you would put in the Devil's Eleven, even if he didn't do all these things to it. Clattenburg. <laughs> Honestly. I've got to be in there. Jesse? Yeah, it goes without saying, doesn't it? He's uh, very, very deserving of being the uh, <laughs> Devil's XI. And um, he'd probably be, probably be quite chummy with Eddie Howe in the tunnel, wouldn't he? In the Massively. Yeah. Definitely. And he'd probably give Harry the Hornet a little hug as well. <laughs> Smugness is a theme that's run throughout this team, mm. isn't it? And we do not stand for it on Party's Hot Pants. Um, so, guys, that completes our team. Our evil slash devil's 11 um, is Paddy Kenny in goal, a back four of Ashley Young, 
Lewis Dunk, oh, I can't even say these names, Craig Dawson and uh, James, Wright, Phil- James Wright Phillips, James Ward-Prowse. Um, a three-man midfield of Lee Bowyer, John Joe Shelby and Etienne Capu. Oh my God, what a horrible midfield. And a three-man attack of Snodgrass, Shane Long and Troy Deeney. Horrible. Our manager is Eddie Howe, the ground is the Amex, the mascot is Harry Hornet and the ref is Clattenburg. Lads, that's been a lot of fun compiling that. Thank you very much for, um, for doing that today. Yeah, it felt a bit cathartic, didn't it? You just get it out. Yeah. And, and you know, you release the demons. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel cleaner somehow. I feel I feel purer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I look forward to seeing the darts flying at the uh, that particular dartboard uh, for forever, ever more, really. Has it been cathartic for you, Jesse? Yeah, it's quite funny. After you read it all out there, just I could just imagine them all lining up. Let's uh, walk it out the tunnel at Selhurst. What an awful <laughs> team that would be. I think we need to do this justice and uh, mock it up as a graphic like yes. they do before a match. So uh, I'll do that in time for the pod going out, Jim. Amazing. Amazing. Good stuff. Well, let's thank you very much. And obviously, if you're listening to this and we've missed anyone and you're shouting names at your phone, tweet us at FYP Fanzine and let us know your team. If you want to do a whole team, email us contact at fypfanzine.uk. Send us your evil 11. We'll read them out on the next uh, Pardew's Hot Pants. It only leaves me to say thanks, Richard and Jesse, for joining me. Thanks for listening. Palace are back on Saturday. We're doing a live patron-only watch-along for the game against Bournemouth from about 6.30pm onwards. And we're doing the post-match pod live. You can join our patron for as little as 80p a month at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. We'd love to see you on Saturday. It's probably going to be a bit chaotic, but hmm, it's Palace. So that tallies up perfectly. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. See you again soon. Goodbye. Podcast Network.